Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Kill, Matt Harmon here with you on Reception Perception, the show. All right, here we are. We are getting into franchise tag mode here, Matt, where franchise tags can be applied. As we enter into this very pivotal uh, moment in this offseason, how are you feeling, Matt? You know, I'm feeling good. This is a little bit of kind of like a, a, as quiet as the NFL can ever get. Uh, this is yes. sort of a quieter time. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're – kind of at the back end of coaching cycle news, which I know yep. we'll talk a little bit about today. Um, you know, there's only, I think there's only three offensive coordinator vacancies left, uh, Kansas city, Philadelphia, and Denver. Of course, uh, those, those three teams all have like offensive first head coaches. So we'll see how they end up kind of, um, filling those vacancies, but really most of the coaching stuff is kind of settled. We haven't quite got to the combine yet, which is where things really start to pick back right. up. Um, so this is again, as quiet as the NFL can get, this is about it as quiet as it gets. Well, you know what it is too. It's a Super Bowl hangover. You know, it's like it, we just yeah. completed the season and everyone is just taking a breath right now, which mm-hmm. is uh, much needed if you cover the NFL because the NFL never sleeps for sure. But I did want to talk about uh, specifically for the Chargers. How about Keenan Allen? This uh, reportedly maybe the Chargers could move on uh, from the great wide receiver, ten-year vet. And Keenan could be a free agent going into this offseason. We've talked about the Chargers, I think, at length on this program. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that needs wide receivers for them to cut a guy in Keenan Allen. Boy, I tell you what, that that's when I first read it, it surprised me. When I saw the money, it made sense. But golly, man, this team absolutely needs to get some receiver help. Yeah, Daniel Popper of The Athletic, I think, is the one who's floated this out there. Um, and, and the whole theory behind it is the chargers are cap strapped and they're also there it's always tough when you're cap strapped and you're uh, about to give your quarterback big money right right um, but that, that's sort of the point of when you have <laughs> right. like right. the Bengals for example have the seventh most cap space in the NFL and they're staring down 
the Joe Burrow extension. Uh, the Eagles obviously are, are staring down the Jalen Hurts extension. Um, they're not quite in the same position as the L.A. Chargers, but they also were just participating in the Super Bowl. Uh, so they, right. they have the 19th most cap space in the NFL. Um, they're they're going to they're obviously pressed up against a little bit. They've got decisions to make. We know that um, the Chargers are in a bit of a problem because a lot of their big swings haven't worked out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Khalil Mack was fine, whatever. They'll probably restructure him, maybe even potentially move on from him. Um, you also uh, you also have uh, you have J.C. Jackson. That did not work out as a free agent acquisition in year one. Uh, we'll see how that goes in year two. But yeah. that puts you in a position then, again, when you're staring down, like we're going to have to give Justin Herbert this monster contract extension here pretty soon. Also, isn't it funny that like the two guys putting Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia aside – the two guys that like we know need big fat quarterback extensions that are coming up and are eligible this year are Joe Burrow and the Los Angeles Chargers, and those are two of the uh, least spendy. Uh, if you want to be nice about it, uh, they're the least spendy, uh, <laughs> most gun shy to hand out big money contracts. Know. You know, the teams in the NFL. So that's right. pretty interesting. But yeah, man, I mean, the Chargers are going to have to make tough decisions this offseason because they're currently nineteen million dollars over the current salary cap. So does Keenan Allen become one of these tough decisions? It's possible. Yeah. Um, again, I, when I saw that, uh, I was so surprised, but, but again, when you look at the financials, man, it just, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, but you know, okay. Stinks though, because he's the only guy who can get open. Well, that, I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. So, okay. Look, they're, they're obviously not going to spend, I don't think in free agency to, to bring in wide receiver help. I, I would not imagine. Okay, now they probably try to address this in the draft. They're probably going to try to get some speed. Um, but boy, I, I think it kind of puts them under the gun. Okay, now that being said, Keenan Allen can obviously still play. This guy is still a good player. Okay, but where does he potentially land? He all of a sudden, I would imagine, becomes a, a very premium name uh, that some of these teams, wide receiver needy teams are going to uh, be pursuing hotly. Uh, where would you like to see Keenan Allen go? Yeah, I mean, the obviously the cap charge is, is a big deal, and and the same thing when we talked about, uh, I we posted the the clip of talking about you know DeAndre Hopkins potentially being a trade target for the Chiefs, and the first thing that people say is like, well, they're not spending twenty seven million dollars right. a year to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. This is what I think people have to wrap their minds around. Like, I don't care about like the name of these guys, right? Like DeAndre Hopkins, the name, or or Keenan Allen, the name. Think about like where they are at this point in the career. Right. Like if somebody trades for DeAndre Hopkins, it's coming with like a, a, a salary reduction. Like these guys are not, <laughs> it's not like trading for AJ Brown right. or even like Devonte Adams or Tyree kill when there's goes where those guys are at at their point at this point in their career. Um, you know, Keenan Allen's not like ancient or anything, right. but he's certainly on the back nine of his career. Sure. And he's all, he was dealing with nagging serious injuries. Um, nagging serious injuries at the end of last year and even at different points like I don't think quite looked his best even when he was back there playing so that's a thing in the back of your mind but at the same time if I'm a team like the Chicago Bears you know or even potentially the Giants and we'll talk about them in a second uh, these teams that are flush with cap with with resources um, draft picks and, and money to spend like I would at least call the Chargers before they cut him and say like hey what is it going to take if I send you a fourth or a fifth round pick 
And I know that sounds crazy. Like Keenan Allen for a fourth round pick. Well, if you're the Chargers and you're going to have to cut this guy anyways, like, yeah, you will trade Keenan Allen for a fourth or fifth round pick. Right. And you could potentially trade him to a team like the Bears or uh, the Falcons, who we talked about as a potential fit with Juju last week. Like, again, these teams that are flush with money to spend. So I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that um, I mean, I, I always rag on the Ravens for uh you know, just getting guys at the back end of their career. Yeah. Uh, I know I said last week that I'd love to see them get more of like a young yeah. kind of ascending guy, but I'd still throw the Ravens out there. Obviously, they they have a lot of cap space right now, but they need to account for what are they going to do with Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a chance that like Keenan Allen might not just get straight up cut. He might end up getting traded. And again, if you're thinking of those teams that can take on his salary while also probably giving it a little bit of a reduction away from that, like 21 million or $20 million yeah. that it's sitting at right now, I, I would nominate that. I would obviously you're going to nominate the bears in that discussion. Anytime you could do that because they have a stupid amount of space uh, to take guys at 97 million dollars on the available cap space right now this is wild like yeah. you got to spend it on somebody right Absolutely. you might as well spend it on somebody who could make justin field's life a little bit easier uh, yeah just to clarify some of these numbers this is uh, according to spotrack but uh keenan allen in 2023 would carry a 21.7 million dollar cap hit that is just i think that's a non-starter and again i want to clarify too i think yeah, he, i said sucks. he was going to be entering his age 32 year uh, it's actually age 31. So 2023, he will be 31 years old, but it will be his 11th season. I don't know, man. I got to be honest with you. I, I was a little, I was a little uh, taken aback by that because Keenan Allen is still a very good player. I know. And and it, the it's the position that we think LA needs so much help yes. at, at wide receiver. Right. And, and I, again, I know that Keenan Allen's a big name. Mike Williams is a big name. Josh Palmer had some big games here and there um, or games where he got a lot of targets and stuff like that. But these, I think Keenan Allen's still their most valuable player uh, because he can get, cause he can get open. And, you know, I think him and Justin Herbert are on such a great, they have such great timing and chemistry with each other at this point that like, I know that at least in the previous offense, um, I know that Keenan Allen was allowed to do a lot of like freelancing. It's like, okay, if the route depth tells you to be at seven yards, but you're actually at eight, but you're open. Like we're, that's, we're fine with that. Um, the, the, these are guys that like, it's, it's more of like, you can be, you can be allowed to freelance, right? These veteran route runners who are great at getting separation and they just don't have anybody that can do that stuff. It's like, I think, I think long-term maybe Josh Palmer would be a little bit better of like a big slot receiver, mm -hmm. uh, maybe than he would be as an outside guy. But I mean, good God, like he's just not at all. He's just not at all like where Keenan Allen is at this point as a separator, as a route runner, um, as a technician. And that's what may has made Keenan Allen so good and so quarterback friendly. The Chargers will definitely miss him, especially as they're transitioning to, uh, a new scheme here under Kellen Moore, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they will obviously have to go young. They will have to obviously have to get speed yeah. uh, at that position right. and they'll probably have to do it in the draft because yeah, they can't like go around and cut. They can't go Keenan Allen. They can't cut Keenan Allen and go and turn around and sign. <laughs> that would make no know, sense. An, an, a receiver in the free agency. <laughs> yeah, that that no doesn't sense. make any sense. Uh, Keenan Allen, according to reception perception data, 74.2% success rate versus man coverage. Uh, I mean, again, just far and away. Uh, the best score on the Chargers. You look at somebody like Mike Williams, he's really struggled against man, according to your data, Matt. 61.5% uh, success rate versus man coverage. And at the end of the day, man, you, you just got to beat that guy across from you. Uh, and Keenan Allen is clearly that dude.
Yeah, especially on routes that are base routes, you know, NFL routes like curls, digs, uh, slants, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, working inside out, Keenan Allen could do that. I think Mike Williams is is a weird player because he almost like I think he was really uh, he obviously was a first round pick. He was a seventh was he seventh overall pick in 2017? He went from being almost kind of do- like dogged too much for those first few years in his career where people thought he was like he couldn't get open at right. all. Like 61.61.5% is not one of his better scores throughout the course of his career. Um it's not uh it's not a great score by any means. No. But we're not talking about him as like a you know a tenth percentile separator. We're talking about him maybe in that thirtieth percentile type range. He's a little bit better at beating zone coverage, but his best routes are like vertical routes. You know, I mean, he's going to win on go routes. He's going to win on post routes, corner routes, stuff like that. The occasional crossing route, the occasional slant. He's just a limited guy in terms of where he can get separation. His big stuff is winning downfield and winning in contested situations. But that again, sh- I would I would ask the question to the to people like. Who is the number one receiver in the NFL that struggles to get separation? Like, I don't think there is that guy. Like, those guys are always number twos. Those, like, you know, you you try to run your passing game through a player like that, it it causes a lot of problems. Despite how right how much production they might put up, stuff like that. Think about a Kenny Galladay type. Think about like a you know Devontae Parker type. The the Cortland Suttons of the world. Like these guys just don't end up becoming number legit number one receivers. And I think that's kind of where Mike Williams is topped out at being a really good number two. Um, right. But I think after he had that big season in 2021, a lot of people, especially fantasy players kind of overrated Mike Williams. So he's one of these guys that throughout the course of his career, I think has been a little bit underrated to a little bit overrated to now. Um, again, I think he's a really quality starting NFL receiver, but he's not a number one. Josh Palmer. I don't think has a future as a number one. I think he's like more of a three. So, and maybe not even like a great three or anything like that. So they have, they have a big problem there where if they lose Keenan Allen, Who's the like the problem with this wide receiver core was already a lack of separation. That problem becomes even more glaring, and like I think wide receiver then becomes the biggest need on the team potentially uh, if you lose Keenan Allen. Like what what wh- how are we? And you still don't have a great offensive line. So how are we running a <laughs> successful passing game here in Los Angeles uh, without Keenan Allen? I'm not sure. Yeah, to your point, Joshua Palmer, uh, you've graded out in terms of 2021 season data, not not favorably, man. 54.4 no. percent success rate versus man, 68 percent success rate versus zone coverage, both very below uh, league average. As a matter of fact, when you kind of look at it like a, a player comparison. Um, I, I guess he's, he's a little bit worse off than like, let's say like an Alan Lazard. I think that's probably, uh, what we're yeah. talking about here, which is again, and I, I don't think anyone's confusing Alan Lazard to be a potential superstar here or a number one. He's just a, again, a, a person that, you know, Aaron Rodgers trusted, uh, and somebody that that Packers offense relied on as a, you know, as a number two, I, I guess would be probably, uh, a fair assessment of where he's at. That's a great uh, player comparison, like an Alan Lazard type, because, you know, Lazard had 100 targets this year, 788 yards, uh, six touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns a year prior. Um, and then you you look at Josh Palmer uh, this past year, you know, it's it's not that uh, it's not that dissimilar. Right. Where he had some big games, 107 targets, right. 769 yards, three touchdowns. But I think people probably hold more optimism for a guy like Josh Palmer because he's he's he was in his second season yeah um and I'm not saying that like guys don't get better but uh, guys also some like they are who they are and there's only for the most part there's only so much 
room to grow a skill set. Like, yeah, he's definitely going to get better at certain parts of the game. You know, Al Lazard is a guy who got better from his first year where he was an undrafted free agent and did nothing to eventually growing into being a really high quality role player right. um, for the for the Green Bay Packers. But did did he did he fundamentally change as a player from year one? To, from in terms of what he does and, and his best strengths like i think you get your strength stronger mm-hmm. you don't suddenly make your weak your weaknesses strengths and i think that's like a guy like lazard like he continued to kind of hone those strengths that he had in his game as a guy that was like reliable had good hands um you know was a really good blocker i know that's like faint damning with faint praise there as a <laughs> uh, as a receiver when you say the guy's yeah, a really good blocker right. but it matter he's a he's a pretty good football player but like you probably want him to be your three and i think that's probably a really good comparison for, for Josh Palmer, who I think probably should be a team's three, not necessarily like, all right, he's the guy that we drafted in our second season, or he's the guy that we drafted. He's coming into his third season. Let's promote him. I, I still think that would lead to problems in your passing right. game if you do that with the Chargers. Well, and plus, I think when you're taking a look at upside for any athlete inside the NFL, you, you do have to look at measurables, right? Like, can he can he just start to become – forget about the, the, the tactician part, right? Like, yeah, you can improve on that. But what's his ceiling as an athlete, right? And Joshua Palmer is a very much an average athlete, right? Ran a 4-5-2-40, 34-inch yeah. vertical. So, again – the upside to me when you're talking about Joshua Palmer, he looks more of like if he's going to cap out somewhere in fantasy land, it's going to be because of volume. I just don't think he's going to be that guy uh, that is just, you know, one of the certified, you know, number ones uh, in the NFL. All right. You mentioned the Giants there as big. Let me, yeah, let me just one, one, sorry, one more, one more thing on this. And I think this is important. Like, cause you're going to see, you know, let's say Keenan Allen gets, gets, gets cut. You're going to see these like threads on Twitter. It's like Josh Palmer had this many games with double digit targets, stuff like that, like wheels up rocket emojis, (laughs) shit like that. You're going to, you're going to see that on the, on the internet. Like I get it. There were the, there were these games where, you know, Uh uh, Josh Palmer had, had these targets. Like let's think about this Denver Broncos. uh, They, they beat the Denver Broncos in overtime. Remember that game? 19 to 16. Josh Palmer had 12 targets. The offense stinks. stinks. The Atlanta Falcons, they barely they barely beat the Falcons. Josh Palmer, 10 targets, 106 yards. That's great. But they barely beat the freaking Falcons who can't stop anything on defense. Right. Um, lost the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, not that this was a big bad game or anything. 27-30, tw- 20, mm-hmm. fine. 10 targets for Josh Palmer in that game. They lose to the Raiders, 20-27. to 27. Uh, Josh Palmer has 11 targets for 60 yards. Like, the offense... stunk when Palmer was getting a lot of those targets or at least was certainly underperforming expectations despite having really good quarterback play in Justin Herbert. Again, I think I always want to caution people, you know, at at sort of extrapolating those things. Like, yeah, I do. uh, Overall, I do believe like targets are earned all that stuff. Um, You know, a guy like Deontay Johnson, I've talked about that targets are earned. There's a reason he's getting those targets, but um, when guys are falling into targets because of injuries and the offense still stinks despite having really good quarterback play in Justin Herbert, that's not good. That's yeah. not a three, that's not a good three-way combination. Yet. Well, I think what you're hinting at is that, well, first of all, look, 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 there's going to be a new coordinator in town. Okay. So <laughs> who knows yeah. where these guys fit into the puzzle pieces. Right. Uh, but I think to what you're saying is that, that at least suggests that, um, you know, if there is an infusion of talent, maybe Joshua Palmer 
uh, could be left on the wayside. And I think that's probably pretty accurate as well. Um, okay. So now find three, find number three, find number three. That's it. But that's not the, that's not the, that's not the, that's probably about the best we're looking at. No, I mean, and again, uh, whether we're talking about real life and I know on this podcast in particular, we really kind of like merge those lines between, you know, real life and fantasy, but you know, real life, if, if that's what, you know, he's getting, if that's commensurate with his uh, salary, then, then great. You know, in fantasy, are you drafting the number three on the chargers offense? I don't know. (laughs) You, You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I, I would probably say from a fantasy perspective, um, better best ball player than he is in a redraft or uh, dynasty setting, uh, at least in my opinion. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, so we mentioned the Giants there as a potential landing spot there for Keenan Allen. Uh, but the Giants have a very interesting offseason. We've talked about this ad nauseum as well. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they're both up for contract. Now, Daniel Jones, uh, he just switched midstream. He just switched his agent, man. Uh, he wants more guaranteed money. He wants more average salary as well. Giants are like, yeah, go for it. Uh, we'll just franchise tag you, pal. Uh, look. Bottom line is Daniel Jones didn't have to have, did not have a great statistical season. I would say this Daniel Jones did make an improvement uh, with Brian Dable uh, as a quarterback in 2022 versus 2021. Now, where does that leave him in the hierarchy of things? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that up to the professionals, but I would be surprised uh, if this guy averaged, you know, 25 to 28 million per year, which is apparently what he is looking for. So I don't know. Uh, oh, he's looking for way more than that. He wants like, uh, he wants 30, 30 per 35 dude. He, and I mean, if they franchise tag him, the franchise tag for quarterbacks is like 32.4 right, million. Right. Um, so, but I think, but then there's also, there was the leak that he actually wants 45, which like, Maybe that comes from the team. Yeah. Like, so that there so that when they sign him for thirty-eight or thirty-seven, they're like, ah, see, we got a deal. <laughs> we got a deal. But yeah, he, he definitely wants he definitely wants uh to, to get paid for sure. Right. Which is uh again, him switching agents in the middle of all that uh is an interesting move. Um 
I don't know. I don't. It, does that does that reek of desperation? I don't know, man. But the bottom line is, it's not like this guy put up great stats uh, at any point. And then again, his game tape is really uh, up and down as well. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure what like what 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 can he really stand on, Matt, to say? Okay, I need thirty five million a year. Like where does he? I guess how does he go about doing that? Well, the problem right now is just. Um that that the nfl has no middle class in terms of correct like it, it, who are who are the middle class quarterbacks right now like remember when guys like andy dalton and even like colin kaepernick got those like middle yeah. class quarterback deals like who, who is that right i now? mean i'd probably say like geno smith jared goff uh, is like the is like the classic middle class quarterback in the nfl right now i get that but i'm talking about like from a contract standpoint right like who it's all or nothing uh, what, are, what it's are all these? or nothing it, it's it, dude. It really, it really is all or nothing right now. Um, you just look at like the average per year guys. I mean, you talk about like uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, the, <laughs> that he's making like thirty million against the cap this year. And I mean, Gino is another guy who's entering yeah. um, the last year of his of his contract. So um, he'll be he'll be in free agency this year. He's a guy who get who could get franchise tagged um, right now this year. So. And I mean, we saw a guy like Derek Carr, who I think would potentially be a perfectly good candidate for the quarterback middle class. He just got cut, right? Uh, because they didn't want to pay him that. Like right now, Jared Goff, $33.5 million per year right. as a quarterback. And that's number and 10. Again, he, yeah. And you think that that's like the quarterback middle class. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's not going to play on this, but he's going to get probably going to get cut right. or traded or whatever. 32. Uh, per year salary Ryan Tannehill's like 29 and a half and you know Tannehill's a guy who's sort of he's like in that middle class I think too um Dak Prescott signed a 40 million dollar deal Matt Stafford 40 million dollar deal Kirk Cousins the consummate middle class quarterback is like 35 million dollars a year right now so if there if Daniel Jones is standing on something it would be that yeah that's a good Um, point now do I think he's do I think he's proven like what Kirk Cousins has proven even or, or Jared Goff no no um definitely not but I think based on what he did last year and then and then, uh, you know, the, the current quarterback market, that's, I think, where he had where he the leg that he's going to stand on. Now, do you think the Giants do you think they they, they feel the same way? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. I don't know. I will say this in 16 games last year. This man threw 15 touchdowns. Uh, that's interesting to say the least when you've got 15 touchdowns over 16 games now i will say this obviously improved his turnover ratio as well just five interceptions last year which would be um a career low um i won't add in all his rushing uh, uh you know rushing numbers as well he, obviously he does some stuff uh on the ground he had seven rushing touchdowns as well so great rusher yeah real uh, you know a, a good runner right um obviously gets into a little bit of trouble too with the fumbles there but again he you know he he absolutely um shored that up too right so just six fumbles uh, last year, and I don't even think those were all fumbles lost. But anyways, to your point, though, we're talking about no middle ground here, no middle class for quarterbacks. Um, Jared Goff is number 10 at 33.5 million. Ryan Tannehill, 29.5. I'm not going to include Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz because those guys are not going to you know play on these contracts. But 
After that, we're looking at like Marcus Mariota at like 9.5. And then everyone else is yeah. on a rookie deal. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, um, Justin Herbert. So all these dudes are on, on, are on rookie deals. Otherwise, you're talking, you're, you're correct. You're, you're talking over 30 million a year. So um, if Daniel Jones is asking for that, I, I guess that would make a lot of sense. It's just... Maybe Daniel Jones creates the middle class because I tell you what, I, I can't imagine him getting 30 to 35 million, and, but I can see him getting, you know, 25 million. I, I guess that would make some sense uh, in terms of upside. Maybe he wants to sign a short-term deal. I don't know. Uh, that would be something. Yeah. For me, if I'm the giants and I, I think this is where, they, I think this is probably what's going to end up happening is they're going to franchise tag him and yep. then just like say like, well, it just makes perfect sense. It does bring up complications for another player that we're going to talk about here um, with Saquon Barkley. Like, what do you do with with Barkley then? But we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But for the Daniel Jones thing exclusively, like, why would you not want to just franchise tag him thirty two million dollars? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, what it is, and see what see if he takes another jump in the second year uh, playing with Brian Dayball. Now, there's obviously risks to that because let's just imagine the Kirk Cousins situation. Da- Right. Let's just imagine that or Dak Prescott, right? Because yeah. like the Cowboys clearly for you know different reasons didn't want to commit to Dak Prescott at the time. And then he goes out and he has big numbers. He gets hurt. And then they still have to give him the extension because it's like, <laughs> well, what are we going to do? Right. What if Daniel Jones goes and like just in a hypothetical world balls the F out because we know he wasn't surrounded by receiving talent last year. Yeah, nothing. They let's say let's say they get, you know, a, a Jacoby Myers or a Juju. They get some, and they draft a guy and maybe they take a big swing on a Keenan Allen or, or a DeAndre Hopkins, something like that. Maybe another wide receiver we're not thinking about becomes available on the tra- on the trade market. Of course, all that stuff gets more complicated when you start having a thirty two million dollar quarterback on your on your uh, salary books right. and Daniel Jones. But just live in a hypothetical world where he goes out and balls the f out, and then it's like, all right, well now what do we do? Now now we've we've kicked we do we franchise tag him again? Are we now going to pay him whatever Joe Burrow makes this off season plus maybe extra? Are we in that spot with Daniel Jones? It it, it gets a little tricky if you don't extend the quarterback right away when you can, but. Um, I don't know. I think that Jones, I don't want to take too much away from him because I think he took dramatic improvements in his game and made big leaps uh, this past year in a steady environment. We expect that environment environment to continue. Dayball's back. Yes. Uh, Mike Kafka didn't get a head coaching job. Right. He's back. Their receiver core should only get better. Their offensive line, some of the youth on it, like Evan Neal, should get better. But my God, I mean, are you really going to commit this to to Daniel Jones? I I don't know. I if I was the Giants, I would just franchise tag it and see what he does next year. Because then, if you don't, if you just let him walk at the end of next season, if he doesn't show another step of improvement, now you potentially have a really nice spot for um, a rookie quarterback or you know a distressed asset quarterback to yeah. come in here right. Uh, afterwards. All right. So again, th- we talk about some of the dominoes that could fall from this, right? So if Daniel Jones does get franchised, and it is kind of sort of looking like they want to go that direction um well that kind of leaves saquon barkley twisting in the wind there and i think saquon himself um in this you know at, when the giants were kind of coming to a close talked about he'd be okay with a franchise he'd be okay with a, a moderate deal i don't think he's looking to break the bank here uh to stay with new york 
Um, but it's such a savvy move, I think, from the Giants' perspective. And I, I feel bad because like running backs, I think, are overly devalued now. And I know that's like even saying mm-hmm. even saying that feels like a hot take, right? Unless unless you're just all the way out on running backs and just literally just say running backs don't matter at all, then then you're not part of the cool kids, right? But that's okay. Um, I think it's a savvy move though by the Giants because again, you look at the running back market, Matt. And man, there's a lot of great running backs that are unrestricted Mm -hmm. free agents. And then on top of that, what I'm hearing about the draft class as well, uh, everything that I'm reading and seeing about the draft class, there's a lot of great running backs in this draft too. So um, boy, Saquon Barkley would obviously be the blue chipper of that group. But you look at this group, man, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, even Jamal Williams, who, uh, again, he he was a bane to fantasy managers. But in real life, this dude was a, a value add for the Detroit Lions. You know what I mean? Tony Pollard in that mix. I thought Deontay Foreman yeah. played really good football. Um, there's just a lot of names out there uh, that, uh, you know, could drive that the overall market price for running backs down because man, there are a lot of great run supply is, is much higher than demand right now. Yeah. And how many like wide open depth charts are there where it's like, all right, you drop a guy in there and, and move heaven and earth to get Saquon Barkley, move heaven and earth to get Josh Jacobs or something like that. That's going to be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, man, like after the dust settles from free agency, and the draft, because uh, like Bijan Robinson is is a consensus, you know, dude in the draft. Right. And there's some other guys that people like as well. It's gonna be like the when the damn uh, meteor hit the dinosaurs, man. Like things are <laughs> the entire ecosystem is yeah. gonna get upset here. You know, things are the running back landscape is gonna look wildly different from what we're thinking and imagining with depth yes. charts right now to what it's gonna look like in May, man. It's gonna be it is gonna be dramatically different. A lot of fallout from that. Um, yeah. And Barkley, it's tough because, okay, let's say the giants, they franchise tag Daniel Jones and, and, you know, Joe Shane, the general manager did kind of seem like at his year end presser, he was more like warm and fuzzies when talking about Daniel Jones. And, um, you know, we know that this is like a forward thinking, um, front office that probably does believe in like, look, we need to build out of the passing game. We know, uh, Joe Shane is like a salary cap guy. He's probably, you know, puckering a little bit when he thinks about giving Saquon Barkley, like, you know, the, the one of these game changing running back yeah. contracts, but damn dude, like Barkley is the heart and soul of the team. You know, know. he was a guy that like was, was so important to the offense. Like imagine that offense with like Matt Breida and, and say, instead of Saquon Barkley, like, I know we think about running back, you know, like you said, running backs don't matter. The production is replaceable. Well, certain guys are definitely um, above that baseline and, and are, you know, our game changers Barkley absolutely is one of those think about the game against Washington the second one like he was dominant in that game he was like a transcendent type of player and their offense was just so much better um, because of that so it's tough to imagine them just letting him walk but I mean if he doesn't get the franchise tag like if you're Barkley why wouldn't you then um, test the market and then I think know things are mildly interesting like with the bears i will always talk about the bears when it comes to money to burn because they got it baby but like you're a run-based offense with justin fields like why not just break the bank for a guy like barkley you know when you have 90 something million in cap space to to make him to make the offense better yeah i mean there's a lot of different um scenarios where he could land but it's just to me like i said because the market is flooded with high quality players um 
I mean, because think about it. Like, you could get Saquon Barkley, but like, let's say you go, let's say you go down the list here a little bit, right? And, and you're talking about, okay, well, I could also get Kareem Hunt for like one fifth the price. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's it makes it tough, right? So the overall, I think overall market ends up getting pretty depressed. So, and again, too, like there are some really good running backs in this draft class, man. So um, that's also going to make. Uh, life interesting too. I mean, actually it kind of dovetails into really like what Aaron Jones did in green Bay. I bet you anything, Aaron Jones looked at the market and said, dude, I got to take what I can get. You know what I mean? And I think green Bay met him halfway and, uh, and that's why he is going to end up coming back uh, to green Bay in this weird, you know, two running back tandem 50, 50 split uh, with AJ Dillon as well. So a lot of interesting movement could happen in the running back space. I mean, of course, if you play fake football, it's the most interesting time uh, when you take a look at all the movement for some of these running backs. What what are some of these depth charts going to look like uh, in a month from now, two months from now, three months from now? Uh, and that's going to be a, a big topic of conversation, no doubt about it. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, KC, we talk about brain drain sometimes. Eric the Enemy goes from Kansas City to now Washington, becomes their offensive coordinator slash, slash assistant head coach. Um, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of, I don't know, uh, hot takes or anything about Eric the Enemy uh, going to Washington. It, it kind of just... There seems to just be mostly a giant shrug, right? Because it's, I think people have attributed most of the success, offensive success, uh, to the head coach and to the quarterback and less to the OC. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think most of the conversation with Eric Bieniemy resolves, like, revolves around why is he not a head coach? Why is well, he that's not a fair conversation. Coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother conversation to have there. Um, obviously, it's tough to parse the success. Uh, in terms of who you know who's more responsible, Andy Reid or Patrick Holmes right. or Eric Bieniemy? Well, it's not like that stopped you know Matt Nagy from getting a head coaching job <laughs> when it was Kansas City or Correct. you know or Doug Peterson before that, right? Like these are guys that um, worked under Andy Reid, still got head coaching jobs. Um, you know, maybe Bieniemy is just like an all time awful interviewer. Um, I know he had like when he was younger, he, there was like legal issues stuff like that. Right. There's but obviously we know there's a whole conversation around. Uh, to be ha- there's a whole legitimate conversation we th- th- had about diverse candidates and, and everything like that. Obviously, I think 
Kansas City was okay letting Bienemy go because Andy Reid has gone to bat for him as a head coaching candidate. Like, why don't why don't why is this guy not like stood up in front of league owners and you know said that this guy should be a head coaching candidate? I think this is sort of and whether you think this is right or not, I think that the truth of the matter lies in like Bienemy and I think the Chiefs agreed with him on this. Like, thought that this was a career move he had to make was go call plays, separate himself from Andy Reid to go sort of prove his resume. Again, whether you think that's right or not, I think that's where that's where the con like that's where he is thinking. That's where the right. Chiefs were thinking with okay letting him walk. Um, let's focus on the KC side of this first. I don't know how much I don't think I don't know how much this moves the needle. Um, which maybe again speaks to the value of Bienemy and all that stuff. But we know that Andy Reid is great. Like whenever you have an offensive play calling head coach, you can have this sort of brain drain. You can, and you can lose, and you can you can keep the the train on the track. Think about what San Francisco has dealt yeah. with over the last right. three years. Their coaching staff gets <laughs> just raided every year. <laughs> raided every year. Same thing with like the Rams yep. under Sean McVay. And obviously, the Rams had a lot of issues this year, but the 49ers are always able to keep that train on the track because they have Kyle Shanahan. The system remains the same. Etc. Also, I know Matt Nagy's like you know not he he's not the sexiest guy in the world right now, um, but he he did go back there. He's probably just going to become the offensive coordinator. Um, and there's also talk like he might be the successor to Andy. Oh Reed, God, be hilarious. Oh God, that, would, oh my God, bro, wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> if like you know. <laughs> Andy oh. Reid retires in three years and Matt Nagy oh. just becomes like inherits the the gold mine uh, that is like Patrick Mahomes and in, in what would still be at this point in three years or whatever. Yeah. Like he's still squarely in the prime of his oh, career. For sure. Matt Nagy's of Bears fans just weeping as Matt Nagy's like holding a Super Bowl trophy and. 2030 or something like that i mean Dude, wouldn't that just be just you can wouldn't that just be brutal you can old takes me matt nagy will never be a super bowl winning head coach never <laughs> i don't, I know, don't care i don't he can have patrick mahomes know. in his prime he will never be a super bowl winning head coach it's not gonna happen you can all and, the and, bears and went I to want, the playoffs i want all the first i want all the listeners if you want to old takes me you can it ain't gonna happen <laughs> some of the on-field decision making was just like what what are we doing out here no adjustments in the second half and, and just as the season wore on every single every single Matt Nagy team would devolve it's like no that's not the dude that is not the dude man uh but you're right uh, anything could happen if you got well, Patrick Mahomes for God's sakes right yeah when your second you sometimes then your second half adjustment could just be Hey, Patrick, why don't why don't you go <laughs> bail me? Go, bail me out, baby. <laughs> That's a lot easier. I still maintain that like Matt Nagy had some pretty good ideas on offense and pretty good like I, I thought his offenses were pretty well designed. And it's just like when you have Nick Foles or Andy Dalton or Mitch Trubisky running them, probably not the best. And also, I I maintain that he was he was on tilt for the rest of his time as bears coach and especially the year after there was that like missed kick in the playoffs in his first year. Like remember when yeah. it was like, Oh, you're, you clearly have a quarterback problem, but you're staging this like massive kicker competition. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently bleeding out, but I'm really trying to solve this paper cut on my left pinky <laughs> right. finger or whatever. So um, that's a, a long detour to say that uh, Matt Nagy, Super Bowl winning head coach in, in 2030, uh, you heard it here first, although James completely disagrees with me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but that's great. On a, ser on a serious note, yeah. 
I think the Chiefs will still stay right on track. It's really for probably sure. um probably not a big deal, uh, you know, for Kansas City to to lose guys. It's gonna happen. This won't right. be the last time. Um, but is it a but is it Jets. potentially a bigger deal for Washington? I think it could be, man. And it's just everything with Washington comes back to to two questions. Okay. One, who's going to own the team this time next year? Oh, and two, who is going to be the quarterback like this time in three months or whatever? Okay. So, and I do kind of think like I've kind of come, I don't know, full circle on this whole Sam Howell thing. Um, you know, my dad's favorite quarterback, uh, Sam Howell, UNC's finest. Nice. Um, like, yeah, oh my God, the amount of times I've had to talk about Sam Howell with my dad, uh, it's it's quite a thing. Um, but anyways, can I can I ask a legitimate question? What like why did it take that long to unveil Sam Howell? I'm I'm just I'm just confused as all get out. Like you watch Sam Howell play, and you're like, oh, this guy can make some throws. <laughs> like why did it take so damn yeah. long to see Sam Howell? I don't understand. It's very, it's very weird to go from we are not playing Sam Howell until like we're completely eliminated from playoff contention in 2022 to now like Ron Rivera saying to anybody that would listen on Radio Row like we're walking in to 2023 with Sam Howell as our QB one. Um, <laughs> I think what, <laughs> dude? I don't know. I don't know. Very, very, very weird. So what? I think there's a couple things to play here, and I do think that part of this comes back to the ownership thing. I don't think that they're in a position. I, I think the team knows everybody on the team knows whether it's general manager, everybody in the front office, coaching staff. I think they know the team's going to get sold. And I think they, they don't want to make a big giant commitment to a Derek Carr type of quarterback or, a, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo type of quarterback. Uh, they don't want to make the Aaron Rodgers trade for sure. When they know the team is going to be under new ownership um, quite soon. Most likely. I think we all, I think we all see the writing on the wall. This is probably the end, the merciful end for Daniel Snyder as the Washington team owner. <laughs> um, and I think that dovetails into the Sam Howell thing where I, I think we might get, and you know, I, this is all I want. I want like a legit quarterback competition. This is not that this is not as sexy as the potential Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, two guys enter one guy leaves quarterback competition, but we might well get like a, I don't know, mid-range veteran and Sam Howell quarterback <laughs> competition in Washington. Okay. And I think that's the future of it. And I do think Eric Bieniemy, coming back to him, look, I, I don't know. Again, it's tough to parse out, like, what is Bieniemy? What is Andy right. Reid? But it certainly is not 100 to 0 or 90 to 10. Like, there are, there are definite parts of that. Like, there are times where Bieniemy was calling plays for the Chiefs. There are times where he was obviously setting up game plans for the Chiefs. Like, it's not as if he's just doing he's, – he's not in there like mopping the freaking floors, which is I think what some people like to make it out to be. He's clearly a part of the team's offensive success. They could still be great without him, and he could still go be great in Washington. Um, again, not the best situation to walk into. It's the freaking commanders. Yeah. They hardly ever get anything right. right. But um, <laughs> I do think with that talent on the team yeah. – Good running backs. We love the receivers here at Reception Perception that they got there at Washington. I think if they – if he can get Sam Howell to be like an average starting quarterback or they get a Garoppolo type, a Teddy Bridgewater type, I mean, God forbid, a Jameis Winston type uh, in there, like they could they could have some fun on offense. Um, how surprised were you when they let go of Scott Turner? Um, 
you know I'm a Turner bro. There yeah, are you are. Yes, um, that's why I'm, that's why I throw it out to you, pal. <laughs> you know the, fun, dude, the here, well, This is the I'm, funny thing, Matt. Literally, I could not think of anyone in in the football media landscape that would even like care at all. You're the only person. Oh, there are dozens of. What are you talking? There, James. There are dozens of us, I know. Bro. There are I know there dozens. are dozens of you, but I'm just saying none of them like that are prominently working in the football media landscape. I couldn't think of anyone. You're the only oh, person there, that I think would care. There, there, there are def, there are definitely others that care. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say I'm not the only one because there are dozens. Of us. <laughs> but uh, Scott Turner, I think this was a. Which, you know, this meant something to Rivera because he was part of the friends and family program. For sure. You know, he was part of the, he was, he was Norv Turner's son, brought yep. him from Carolina, yep. you know, the whole thing. Um, I, I think that this was a, hey, we have to do something. So we're going to go ahead and fire Scott. And that's part of it. Uh, the, the sort of like, hey, we got to, my job's on the line. So let me just go ahead and fire this guy, <laughs> uh, Scott Turner. And there are legit, it's not like the offense was good. No. I think that Scott Turner, and now if I'm being serious about it, I think that Scott Turner has really good ideas. I think he's got um, great de- – the, the offense was very well designed. The passing game in particular was really well designed. Um, however, some of the actual play calling and like the with in-game sequences of the play calls were not always very good. I think, um, you know, particularly some of the choices made uh, in terms of like when to run and pass, when to get, when to get too cute, even if it – even if the play designs are nice, you don't always just have to go to the Curtis Samuel rushing plays. Um, you could you could just run the ball with Brian Robinson, right? Especially when you're going against the Giants yeah. and, and you can run on the Giants. But um, yeah, so I wasn't that surprised to see it happen, although I was disappointed. I do think, hey man, him going to the Raiders as a passing game, like he's the passing game coordinator. Yeah. That's all. That's great for Scott. That's his job. Go. That, go design some fun stuff. Get uh, Josh McDaniels can be a little bit... Um, archaic and prehistoric with some of his passing game concepts um get 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 scott turner in there to freshen things up uh somebody who's not just a new england bro uh is scott turner's he'll be great he'll be great with the with the raiders job i'm, I'm rooting for you i'm rooting for you young turner. <laughs> uh, i am curious to see uh what kind of impact that would have and i'm actually very curious to see what kind of impact uh the andy reed coaching tree and eric Bieniemy will have in Washington. Again, as you mentioned, some pretty good wide receivers there. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, I, I think he's got some toys there uh, to, to unleash and potentially unlock with a guy like Sam Howell. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, if Sam Howell can play, this they do need to get their offensive line better. I, I will acknowledge that. Um, their offensive line was bad last year. It was banged up. That's an area where they have to improve. I, maybe that's part of the reason why they don't want to go balls to the walls with quarterback, right? Is that they want to sit there and say, "All right, let's uh, let's get um, let's let's get our offensive line improved. Let's use draft resources, some of the money that we have available. You know, they're they're above the league average in terms in terms of cap space right now, but they're 14th. They're not much above the league <laughs> average in terms of the available cap space that they have. Um, but so maybe that's again why they don't want to take that big ish swing at quarterback." with the ownership decision coming up. They totally should though. Come on, man, go for it. You know, you got the, you got, you got the wide receivers, you got running backs, man. Like this is like, this is, this is fertile ground for a veteran quarterback to come in and just elevate the entire franchise. Yeah. But and it's tough because they are in the NFC and, and the NFC is ripe for the taking. Um, you know, we, 
Oh my we god. We don't we, I know that I know the Jets are are the most popular destination for Rodgers and Carr and all that stuff, but we don't need any more good quarterbacks in the AFC. We're good. We're good in the AFC. The NFC needs help right yes. now. All of these guys should be trying to trying to get their way into the NFC South. I need I would love to but see again, I would love to see Rodgers in a Washington uniform. Like I honestly think it, yeah. that would be awesome. Just like give me, you know, give, give me Terry McLaurin and Aaron Rodgers. Give me that connection 170 times in an NFL season. Give me that. I would love that. If Dan Snyder wasn't trying to in- avoid like, you know, jail time uh, or, you know, wasn't like persona non grata number one jail in the time. NFL right now, Golly. I think you <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, I, if he if he wasn't on the brink of like selling the team. Yeah, I think I think that, that I think he, there'd Aaron be more Rogers steam be behind that. Bear, there'd be more steam behind that. Yeah. But as it stands right now, I think that's probably the biggest hang up like it's not going to change the valuation of the Washington commanders and whatever. Like you're still going to sell them for a, like $7 billion. Like they're going to blow the, <laughs> right. the Penner totally. bros bought the, bought the, bought the, the Walmart bros bought the Denver Broncos yeah. for like 4.5 billion. Washington's going to blow that out of the water. You know, they're going to blow that out of the water when they sell that thing. Dan Snyder is going to get on his yacht and be in the middle of, you know, some, the black, one of those seas over there in Europe. One, I don't know. One of those seas. <laughs> right. One of those seas over there on the other side of the world. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, he's sitting on his billions, but uh, it would, it just typically when teams are about to, to sell, I don't know. I mean, I guess the guess Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos when we knew that team was going to sell last year. Right. So maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but um, I, it does from a from a pure like ownership standpoint. Like to throw that out for a second, Washington is definitely at a position where we have just gotten we haven't gotten above average quarterback play in like five years, maybe longer than that. When's the last time they had above average quarterback play? Like Kirk Cousins. That's and, it. You know, it was for, like that's it forever. Yeah, ago. that's it. So that's it. Yeah, like the last five years, we haven't even gotten close to average quarterback play. Um, you know, we are Ron Rivera is probably on the hot seat. Yep. Like trading a couple of first round picks would make sense. Not that it makes sense to trade a couple of first round picks for Rodgers, but um, th- th- it does make sense from a we are the ready. The offense is ready to drop a quarterback in here and go. Um, but yeah, it does. I don't know. I kind of, the, the other part of me does buy like the idea that they have a mid range veteran and Sam Howell and Duke it out here, uh, with Eric B enemy potentially designing a fun scheme. I don't know. It's not that sexy, but it might be the reality. Well, you know, the other thing of, uh, about Washington that I really like for Aaron Rodgers uh, specifically is that the defense is not bad. The defense is, is close to being really good. Um, you know, they need a little secondary help. Uh, but I think the boys up front, they're pretty good. Uh, the offensive line, as you mentioned, I don't think it's that bad. I think they had a couple of injuries and, you know, uh, I, I think they can recover quickly. And the one thing we know about good quarterbacks is that, man, they, great quarterbacks can elevate an offensive line as well by calling out protection and doing those kind of things, right? So, um, man, I think Washington is so Dude, they're so close. From a talent perspective, they're not that far away. They just had maybe some of the worst quarterbacking in the NFL. Um, and if you were to throw in a top five, top seven quarterback in the NFL into that system, man, that's that's looking pretty spicy. And I think that would put some, first of all, you get Aaron Rodgers in there. You're putting a lot of butts in the seats, man. So, uh, 
to that yeah. to that financial like, you end. even get into fedex field or whatever <laughs> i mean my god That's- I've been to also I've been to a true. lot of games at FedEx Field. That's also what a, in in Landover, freaking Maryland, yeah. for the team in Washington. There you go. What a disa- what a disaster trying to get in and out of that uh, hellhole of a stadium. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, hey, listen. Um, I think we've uh, I think we've exhausted this conversation. And uh, and I tell you what, for an off season podcast, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we are back with you again next week. Uh, but if you guys want some questions answered, if you got some you know pressing questions that you would like uh, the boys here to answer. Uh, by all means, absolutely shoot us a tweet or jump into the Discord as well. Go to the website, receptionperception.com. And if you could, like and subscribe to the podcast and to Matt's YouTube page as well. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Go. We'll see you.